without any further delay, she needs no introduction here. We all know who she is. She's one of our elders' wives. She's Marietta Harrell, and she has a word from the Lord for you. Come right on, Marietta. think that we are either right on the cusp of revival or we have stepped into it. Amen. Come on. Right? Um, Alice, could I get you to come forward? In Revelations, when the beast, the dragon, the devil is cast to earth, it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. Because without hearing these testimonies, we would not be encouraged. We would think we were serving a God that was made out of wood or stone, fashioned by men's hands. That's in, that's in our Bible. Did you know that? That we don't serve that God that was made by somebody's hands. We serve a living God who has no maker because he is the maker, right? This is Alice Camacho. Give her a hand, everybody. I just love to share what he did for me. And this was about three weeks ago. And uh, Pastor Allen called and had an altar call. And uh, what had happened is I was coming down the stairs in my house, and I, in fact, it was these same sandals. I, about halfway <laughs> down, I kicked it off. You know, I was going to take them off. I didn't want them on. Well, when I kicked it off, oh, my kneecap popped. Oh, and it hurt. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no. So then I, you know, I, I prayed. And, and I went ahead and went to bed, put some... Uh, uh, like Ben Gay on, you know, and and so on Sunday when I came to church, when Pastor called that altar call, I was sitting back where I sit back there, and I was thinking, I need to go up there. <laughs> and Greg Glass, because it was him that I came to. He was at the he was the last one there, and I I came up to him and I told him what had happened that my knee had popped after I kicked off my shoe and uh, that it hurt and and he got down and he laid hands on my knee and he prayed for me okay and I had and the the thing it's going to be the way that you're going to get healed the way God decides so <laughs> because uh, I knew that I knew that I knew that I felt the, the the warmth and the presence of the Holy Spirit when he prayed for me. But, you know, I didn't feel completely that it was completely healed. So when I was leaving, I said, I'm healed. These symptoms I'm having are a lie, and I don't receive them. Devil, get behind me in the name of Jesus, and I rebuke you. You're not going to steal my healing. So then the next Sunday, I saw Greg looking for me. I mean, I was talking to a lady. He says, how are you? I says, 
<clears throat> I'm better, but I'm having to fight for my healing because the devil's trying to steal it from me, and he's not going to do it. And so then, you know, it's been, I guess, another two weeks. I'm not sure, y'all. I'm not going on. Nothing. It is, I am healed. <laughs> healed by the stripes of Jesus, and he is our healer. But don't, you have to fight sometimes. Mm-hmm. You have to stand in faith and say, no, those symptoms are a lie. I was prayed for, and I'm healed, and you keep fighting. Amen. And even that devil has to leave that is attacking you. <laughs> Amen. 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 Oh, thank you. You guys, we should be shouting from the rooftops. God healed her. You know, that's a miracle, right? This is Howard. For those of you who don't know Howard, give him a warm welcome. Annie and I came to this church and fell in love with it the first day. She was baptized the first day we came here. She couldn't leave, the, couldn't leave this church without being baptized. I had a bad accident at 21, 22 years old uh, and have had back problems ever since. Had several surgeries, lots of surgeries, in fact. Went to my, uh, my main doctor and uh, was going to get uh, him to check me out and see what he could do because I was losing the feeling in my legs and wasn't able to walk good. In pain all the time. So I went to, went to him and he basically diagnosed me as going to be in a wheelchair in a few years if I didn't have this uh, lower back surgery. So, of course, I put it off because... You know, nobody wants to go through something. They don't know if they're going to come out of it or not, as far as that goes. So I've dealt with it, and I've dealt with it. Um, got where I, I really was having trouble standing while we were praising Jesus during the music. And uh, walking up those steps over there would have been impossible a month ago. We had a meeting over at Brother Greg in Marietta's house, and uh, that little dynamite stick right over there, Miss Debbie Tran. <laughs> She, she led us in an awesome message that we all loved. And afterwards, we had a healing session. And, um, you know, of course, I stood right up and said, yeah, I need help, Jesus. Please, would y'all help me? And so they put me off to last. I don't know if it's because I'm so ugly or, you know, because <laughs> they, th- you know, figured that Jesus was going to need some more help. Of course, he never needs help. But several people gathered around me, maybe eight or ten at least, and laid their hands on me, and many of them were from this church. Some of them weren't. I can't call all their names, so I won't start. But it was, it was such an experience that when I got up after all the prayer and the healing, I, I felt like a new man. I really did. I, it, was, it was amazing. It really was. I'm like, what in the world? Why, you know, how can this happen? So the next morning, I get up, and, you know, I'm a little bit stiff and stuff, and I start doing some stuff, and here it starts coming back. You know, the pain comes back slowly. Not real bad, not as bad as it was, but it's coming back. And so I prayed about it, and I talked to some of the the awesome people we have in this church, and I uh, kept praying to the Lord, and it just kind of slowly started, the pain started going away again. And today... I'm almost pain-free. And I want you to know the message of this. Thank you. 
the message of this is don't ever doubt Jesus because he's there for you. I don't care what kind of life you lived, how bad you've been. Put your trust in our Lord and things is going to be better for you. So if you need some healing or whatever for your body, for your mind, just uh, just ask some, some of us here in this church. We'll pray for you because God is good. It's funny how God works. Isn't it? I mean, he picks all of us. How many in here have experienced a healing from Jesus? Look around the room, saints. Look around the room. I'm in that list. (laughs) I'm in that list, too. And I'm seeing things start rolling faster and faster. How about you? Yeah, things are moving. And that's why I think we are in the beginning of revival. Now, I prepared this whole thing to explain something that's super simple. And I woke up this morning, and I thought, God, why did I have to make it so hard? Because I thought you would expect me to make it hard. Because if everybody could do it, we'd all be doing it. But what did he tell us? Every one of you, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Deliver the captives. Set people free. Right? Come on. And expand the kingdom of God here on earth. So I have one thing I'm going to read to you, and then the rest of it, I'm going with what the Holy Spirit said. I'm being too up here, trying to be all cerebral, when this is not a message about my brain or your brain. This is a message about our heart. There is a place full of shame and torture where humiliation is theirs to bear, a place of scorn resulting in despair. It's a place where blood runs quick like water and the smell of death permeates the air. The place where many have expired, hope crushed beneath the spikes, thousands died upon the dreadful cross, their crimes punished to the final loss. Except one man, one man who had no guilt, not meriting the torture flogged with stripes uncountable, the death a common criminal. He's undeserving of the shame, and as outrageous as it seems, he could have stopped their offering. The remedy was in motion. The plan began to mold and gel. He committed to his father's way. He stayed upon the scornful cross to pay the debt of those still lost. He stayed upon that vile cross until his blood and water ran, not because he couldn't stop it, 
but because of God's love of man. He loved those who hated. He loved all those who mocked. He loved those who didn't know. He wrote the check for all the lost. He paid their way in full, not a criminal deserving, a perfect offering he was. Love was beaten, hung, and nailed upon that sacrificial cross. If everything had ended there, still better off we would not be. The sweet victory or defeat had not yet been savored. Three days in the darkest darkness, apart from the Father's light, he waited once and for all to finally finish this fight. With victory secure in his hand and resurrection power from the Father, his heart beating beats of life, the first fruits had now conquered. Come on, innocent and uncorrupted, the invoice fully paid, the door of stone removed as hope emerged from darkness into the light of day. The cross, where we surrender and lay down our desires, we fade and lose ourselves and leave our will to die. We take up the cross of Jesus, the love leading us aligned we, as we bind it to our shoulders and keep it to renew our mind. We deliver love to others. The plan he set in motion, our role securely fastened to hope the resurrection. And with that life, we walk today and wait upon the Father to immerse us in the Spirit's power for the ministry of love and hope that we carry in our hearts and hands, neither by our will nor by our might, but by his Holy Spirit bound in man. Thank you, Lord. Our salvation is found in the death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And how, how I got to the place where I am today standing before you is because I had a word that some of us are stuck at the cross. We made it to the cross where we repented and received forgiveness for our sins And then we got stuck, and we didn't get to the part that, gosh, there's supposed to be this new life. Come on. We're supposed to have new life. We're supposed to look different than the world. And why do I say we got stuck? Because, you know, if you look at the statistics for the world and match them with the statistics in the church, they're pretty much the same. So what's the difference? We got stuck. We received the forgiveness. We received his mercy at the cross for our sins. It's, we made it there. That's where he wrote, he he took the handwriting. 
that was against us, Paul says in Colossians, the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And what did he do with it? He nailed it to the cross. The cross was a place of death. It was so horrible that no one back then even let it pass their lips. You know, there were subjects that were so taboo not that long ago that we would never speak about them in mixed company. You all know what I'm talking about. Okay, come on. The cross was one of those things they didn't let pass their lips because it was so horrible. So vile, so scornful, so shameful and humiliating. And sometimes when you get to the place of the cross where God, his spirit, has drawn you there and you receive that salvation at the cross for what Jesus did for you. He was your sacrifice, your perfect lamb without spot or blemish that was what was required to allow you to enter into the Holy of Holies again face-to-face with God so you can talk to him every day when you wake up. Sometimes we can't get our minds around how simple this whole thing is. But if the cross was the only thing, the only thing that mattered, we would still be stuck because there was no new life to be had. But people, we got new life. All you have to do is realize that the same power that resurrected Jesus now lives in you. Now lives in you. You have the power to go and do and proclaim the gospel. You have the power in you to hear from God, to know what he's saying, wants to say to any particular individual that you come in contact with. But you're still stuck at the cross. We have to move from the cross. What's done was done once for all. Get off of the cross and move to the empty tomb. Because that's where the power happened. Right? Okay, so if you believe that there was an empty tomb, who, who, who doesn't believe there was an empty tomb? Does anyone in here not believe that? Okay, good. So we're all on the same page. There's an empty tomb. Is it affecting your life? Is the empty tomb affecting your life? So if you're still caught in sin, I'm not talking about the slip where, you know, we're human, we make mistakes. We don't want to, but sometimes they happen. I'm talking about really stuck in sin. You might be stuck at the cross because you keep going back repeatedly, having to go before and repent. Oh, my gosh, here it comes again. i got to receive new forgiveness today. Um, Greg told me about when he was a kid, um, every Sunday he got saved. Every Sunday. Because of everything he did all week long that he thought he needed to get saved all over again. And he lived under great condemnation. If you feel like you almost need to start over at the cross every week or every morning, you might be stuck at the cross and not receive the resurrection power that's 
power for us to live for today, to live under what God has for you to do on your mandate. We live in this world. We are not of this world. We are not part of the world. We should not try to look like the world. We live here, but our home is with Jesus. That's our home. And if we started living like we believe there's an empty tomb, like we're foreigners in a foreign land, and like we have the resurrection power living in us, and then the scripture that says that they're, they'll be jealous of us would really be. Come on. People would be jealous of us, of what we had, and we would see that all the time. I want what you have. I need what you have. How did you get through today? How did you get through that situation? I need that. I need that power in my life. So what are the some of the things that you can get stuck in there? You can get stuck in addiction in this world because there's a lot of things to get addicted to. And I'm not talking just drugs or alcohol, but there are a whole host of other things we can get addicted to that are of the world, the foreign place we live, right? There's lust and cussing. There's gossip. Lying, stealing, cheating. You know, if in your business you think that you have to lie or steal or not be upfront and honest, if you like to cheat on your taxes and do those sorts of th- those kinds of things, does that line up with the power, resurrection power we have in us? No. Might be a, an indication that you're stuck at the cross. You know, when we're baptized in water, it's a picture of Christ's death and resurrection. Pastor Allen does such a great job when he baptized people. They're buried in the likeness of his death, and they're raised to new life as a new creation. That's us. We are buried with him in the tomb, and then we're resurrected to new life. You know, when, when God, um, when Jesus' friend, Lazarus, died, was sick, Mary, they called for him, come, come, you know, Lazarus, whom you, you, know, you love, he's sick. And Jesus tarried. He waited. He didn't go right away. And by the time he got there, Martha was like, where were you? You know, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know God hears everything. Whatever you ask of him, he'll give you. So um, she wants Jesus to do something about her brother who's died. And this is a big deal because it's been three days. And in Jewish culture, three days, the spirit of the person is no longer hovering around the body, has departed, and there is no hope for resurrection. No hope for revival. They're just dead. And uh, Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. And she's like, I I know he's going to rise. He's going to be resurrected on the last day. Um, And he said to her, I am 
the resurrection and the life. Come on. That's who he is. And he, if he's abiding in us, then we have that power in us. Resurrection power. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Okay. So I'm going to move right on. So now we're all on the same page, right? We all believe that Jesus died for our sins. And if we repent and ask for forgiveness, he forgives us right there at the cross. Then we move on to the resurrection power. It's one event, but it kind of takes two forms, a repentance, a receipt of forgiveness, and power for resurrection, that we are brought to new life. We're all on the same page, correct? Okay, so then there's this baptism of the Holy Spirit, which lately a lot of people have been on this platform and talked to you about. Why? Why is it so important? Because with, that's right, without the power of the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you every single day, you can't stand. You keep getting stuck at the cross. Come on. Right? So we need the Holy Spirit. It's for the profit of all. It's, it's something that was supposed to be for all of us to help each other with. Right? We are supposed to get together the Holy Spirit gifts, which is a long list besides resurrecting power, bringing the dead back to life. The list of the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit is a long list. There's a knowledge, word of wisdom, words of knowledge, gifts of healing, faith, faith, faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Anybody in here have faith? Faith to believe when everyone else says that there's no way this can be done. When the world says that don't even try because, you know, the person's gone, the spirit is left. Who has faith? Who has faith? You better have faith because Jesus is living inside of you, right? Okay. Working of miracles. Wow. Is, is Stacy Watkins in here today? Come over here, Stacy. Y'all, this is Stacy. I love you. <laughs> I love her. Okay, yeah, I'm um, and a perfect example of how the Lord well, works. I want you to tell about what happened at your building. Oh, at my building. Yeah, because you know Which, what? God cares about the little things. We have been just really moving this season. The, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is so strong. And um, not just for for um, miracles with inside of us, but also when we walk out and we also believe in faith, as she's speaking of, and even on the small, small scale things. And what she's talking about is I, I was down on the square and I had just put in a, a new air conditioner. I have two air conditioners in my building on the square. And um, I just spent a lot of money on, on putting in one of them. And... Lo and behold, the next week, um, my tenants called me and said, hey, you know, air conditioner's not working again, you know, the, the other one. And so I was like, oh, man. So I um, had walked, I got to the square, and there's Marietta and Diane and faithful 
um, children of the Lord. And um, they said, well, you know, I told them about my my woes of the air conditioner. <laughs> and, she, and Mary said, well, let's go pray on that air conditioner. And I was like, well, you know what? Let's do this. So we got out there and we prayed on that air conditioner. And it was healed. <laughs> I mean, I got a call. <laughs> from the air conditioner guy says all you really need is just a little maintenance and some freon and you're good to go and i was like jesus thank you i love you so much so even on the little thing i mean even on our daily walk yes our daily walk he wants to bless us he wants to make us where our lives are beautiful so we can go out there and glorify him each and every day amen thank you i love you God cares about little stuff, the working of miracles. An air conditioner that's not functioning begins to function. There's prophecy. Yvette is, uh, she's kind of the mother of prophecy in this house. (laughs) No, not kind of. She is, come on. Who knows that? A A lot of our young people know that Yvette Yvette has had words of knowledge and prophecy that she has released over some young people who are now serving as adults because her being faithful with the the prophetic words that God has given her for someone. You know, she has that because guess what? What lives in her? That's right. Resurrection power abides in her power of the Holy Spirit walks with her every day. And did you know that there's discerning of spirits? You ever been walking real close to God and you walk in a place and you just know you're supposed to turn around and leave? Now, there's nothing there that looks weird. There's no Buddhas or dream catchers or other um, idols, there's nothing overtly visible that would be wrong, but you, you just know you need to get your tail out the door and out of there, right? It's discerning of spirits. Who's operating like that or who has? Come on. If you've had that happen to you, come on, see, look, God is working in you. You know, after Jesus turned water to wine in Galilee, this just amazed me. So he's taken this plain water, which couldn't have been real good anyway, right? And um, it's been sitting around in vessels, and he turned it into wine that people are like, oh, this is really good wine. I mean, you saved the best one for last. Everybody gives the the good wine in the beginning, and then when everyone else is drunk, um, then they serve the really good, the really bad stuff. You did the opposite. You served the bad at the end. Well, that was Jesus because he only makes good wine. You know, you all are good wine. Come on. And so after he did that, then this nobleman came to him and said, Hey, my, my son's sick. Will you heal him? And Jesus said, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. You can find that account in John. 
you will by no means believe. Unless you see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. A very prophetic statement by Jesus Christ, who's looking at the time of revival, I believe, looking at right now, that unless people see signs and wonders, they will by no means believe. And you are charged with carrying those signs and wonders, with carrying the gifts of the Holy Spirit into all the world, not to fulfill your own desire, not to be noticed, but to point everybody to Jesus, every one of us. Now, this isn't for, and if, you know what, there was a time in my life where I said, oh, that's not for me. I can't explain anything. I mean, I I barely got here myself. But the gospel is so simple, so simple. I mean, all I've done is shared with you the gospel today and reinforced things that we need to be thinking about. You can do this. Can't you? Yeah, come on. With everybody. We need this because people are hungry. People are tired. People are tired of being alone. People are hopeless. They have no hope. You know, we're, we live in a culture where we can go to the doctor every day if we want. You know, my toenail hurts, I can go to the doctor. You know, if my tooth hurts, I can go to the dentist, right? If I need, if I need a meal, I can go to any number of restaurants or I can go to the grocery store and fix my own, right? But do you know that most of the world doesn't live that way? Debbie told me that in her house, when she was young, they didn't stop praying until someone showed up with food. Because there was no store to go to to buy groceries and no money. Prayed until something happened. And some of us are so used to, all of us, really, we're, we're the Western culture, right? We're used to... Whatever we need, we can go get. Isn't that right? You know where to get it? You know how to get it. You might not have the money for it, but you might know where you can get the money to get it. Right? So we don't pray until something happens. We haven't been conditioned to do that. We've been robbed. We have been robbed. Our culture has robbed us The culture of this world, I say it's not even our culture. The culture of this world has robbed us from praying until something happens. From praying until you see something happen. Until your healing manifests. Like how Alice shared with us. Right? From until your child comes back to the Lord. We have been robbed. We're in revival. We're in revival. I'm telling you, I'm seeing it everywhere. I'm so excited by it. Are you excited by it? That things are happening? This is what we were created for. We are getting to live in revival. I am so excited about this. 
We need the Holy Spirit because, you know, if you read Acts, and I'm going to challenge every one of you to read Acts, but here's what I want you to focus on. What happened when the Holy Spirit showed up? One of the biggest things it talks about happening the most often is boldness, right? Did you ever been walking down the road and felt like, or in the store, I should say, and felt like um, God's telling you to go talk to somebody, and you're like, I have no clue what to say to that person. I mean, they've got tattoos from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. There are piercings that I can't see. They're just bulges under their skin. You want me to go talk to them? I don't think so. I think you made a mistake, God. There's somebody else that you need to send to that person. Have you ever felt like you were supposed to talk to someone and didn't? That's the Holy Spirit in you telling you, hey, I have a message for him. Just go over there and open your mouth and I'll take care of the rest. Go over and ask how they are. Ask them about their tattoo. When did you get that and what does it mean to you? We need that power to share the gospel, to witness, to be bold. We need the boldness that the Holy Spirit gives us because, I don't know about you, but I got resurrection power living in me. You know, I can't do anything without Jesus. Jesus said he could do nothing without the Father. What he saw the Father do is what he did. People, we've got to do exactly what Jesus did. Exactly. And he gave us the power through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to call up our worship team. And as they're coming, I, um, I want you guys to think about this. Are you stuck at the cross? When, when you receive salvation, when salvation, when you felt the Holy Spirit draw you to the cross, when you were drawn to that cross, did someone lie to you? They tell you that when you got to the cross, whole life would change and you'd be fine? that you would prosper, that you would have your best life now. If this is the best life now, I'm out. Come on. Did someone lie to you and tell you just pray this prayer and then everything's going to be good? Because that was a lie. Your circumstances don't change. Your attitude changes. And if your attitude changes, then you start reflecting the qualities of Jesus because you got to the tomb that's empty, and that resurrection powers in you, right? So are you stuck? Do you keep going back to the cross? Find yourself repenting for the same things over and over again, never getting freedom for those things. And um, you might need some resurrection power in your life. Yeah, you might need something to take authority over the principalities and the darkness in this world, something that can get you day by day, no matter where you go, feeling like you're 20 feet tall. You know, that's how I know God's working through me. When I'm operating in the power of the Holy Spirit, I feel like I don't even fit in the room. Like I'm so tall, I fall off the edge of the bed, you know, the bottom of the bed. Like, wow, are my feet going out the door? I don't know how you 
how God manifests in you and that you know the Holy Spirit's with you. I feel like I'm so tall I have to put yeah, it down to talk to people. Not because I'm riding a high horse, but because tall, because I've got God in me. I've got Jesus in me. I've got the resurrected power, resurrection power, and I've got the Holy Spirit leading and directing my mouth. You too, come on. Do you need that resurrection power in your life? Do you know there's a resurrection inheritance for you? Did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know? First Peter 1.3 says that, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to the abundant mercy has begotten us, or made us born again, to a living hope. That's right through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I got that resurrection power in me. And you do too if you're a believer. Come on. To an inheritance incorruptible. I have an incorruptible inheritance. Resurrection inheritance, and so do you. Undefiled. That doesn't fade away. And it's reserved in heaven, it says, for you. It's reserved in heaven for you. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Are we in the last days? Sure feels like it. I wonder how many generations before this said the same thing. But but I'm going to tell you right now, I kind of feel like in my spirit, Time is short, getting shorter. I kind of feel and believe the urgency that I have to, to encourage all of you to get into that same place, that same part of where God is moving right now to get there, to be hungry for it, to desire it, to where you don't just come on Sunday because it's not enough. You gotta, you gotta have stuff happening at night in your homes. The, the house fires Yvette talked about are a perfect example of that, where you gotta have something going on that proclaims the power of the God we serve, that operates in the power of the God we serve. Right? So if you're stuck at the cross. Or you have that power and you're not walking in boldness because you haven't received the Holy Spirit yet. If you're, if you haven't had the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you want that power that comes with that, today's your day. Can you believe it? We all came together this Sunday to make sure that every one of us that walk out of here is walking in resurrection power. And in the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you need a miracle? Do you need a sign? Do you need a wonder? Do you need something to happen in your school? At your work? In your finances? In your relationship? Do you need the power of God to manifest over a circumstance in your life right now? 
so that you can move on into what he would have you do, into his mandate, not yours. Do you need that? This is a body where every single person is a minister. Every one of us is called to minister reconciliation. You are an ambassador of reconciliation. You have resurrection power in you to heal the sick, to resurrect the dead, to set the captives free, every one of you. So what I'm going to ask, this is really crazy, I'm going to ask that the people that want prayer, that have a circumstance in their life that needs to be covered in prayer, anything we've talked about today and more. Maybe I didn't mention your need. Can you come up here? Are you bold enough to take that first step? And then I got saints in here. I got lots of saints in here. Man, I got people operating in the Holy Spirit all over this room. Would you be bold enough to come up here and pray for those people? To see the people who have a need. Just line up, you guys. If you have a prayer need, I want you to line up along here and face out. And then saints who are in this room, those of you, this is how the Holy Spirit moves, people, through us. Not through one person, through all of us. Come up here. If you're a saint that operates in the power of the Holy Spirit, get out of your seat and get up here. Every one of you. I want, these are the people that need prayer facing you. If you see someone looking out at you that needs prayer, come on up here and start praying for them. This is your job. Come on. Thank you.